Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, <clears throat> five, four, three, two. Welcome to Watching the Throne, a lyrical analysis of Kanye West. My name is Chris Lambert, and today we're doing a storye with Daniel Poltz. Daniel, uh... Why don't you introduce yourself to everybody? Well, my name's uh, Daniel Poltz. I am a I work with artist management, marketing, and creative. Specialize in hip hop. I've been doing that for about the past eight years. Um, I also run the social media for an account called Rassle Rap. W R A S S L E R A P. If you feel like giving us a follow, you like pro wrestling and you like hip hop, I would strongly suggest you do so. <laughs> Which is actually how I found you, as I'm a, as I'm a wrestling and a hip hop fan. Yeah, man, a lot of people uh, they see it and like they read the tweets and then like I guess they figure out like who's behind them and then it's just kind of funny a lot of times because it's like, yo, you're white, and I'm like, yeah, I'm white, and they're like cool <laughs> they didn't expect it but hey you know it is what it is and there's still kind of that opening up with hip-hop right like it's it's a community that's getting more and more diverse absolutely um it's kind of funny because like it was like the perfect two things to fuse together because i mean rappers forever have been making wrestling professional wrestling references in their songs and it's always like you know tied together closely like if you think like growing up like how many of your friends loved pro wrestling and then they might have grown out of it but when you talk about it they still talk about you know back in the day and a lot of times you know with people especially like rappers and such like I mean everybody everybody has their heroes you know, and um, especially creative types, they're all about the imagination. So it kind of just works out. It's like a big adult soap opera with <laughs> with great athleticism. And, you know, it's just a I mean, it's like the perfect two worlds. Uh, there's something about right, the, like the presentation of self in hip hop and kind of that larger in life image that fits so well with the presentation of the wrestling persona and ego. Oh, absolutely, you know, because, I mean, most rappers are, are real, but also, like, it's usually, like, an exaggeration of oneself, too, you know? Like, there's definitely definitely some characterization there, which mm -hmm. is fine, because we're here for the story and the entertainment, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, so, what, uh, what time in your life did you start to become interested in Kanye, start to become a Kanye fan? 2003, actually. Um, oh, way back. <laughs> yeah. So I'm from this really small town in uh, Virginia called Harrisonburg, but that's probably the biggest town close to where I grew up. I'm actually like 15 minutes outside of there in like a real small town that had like 
one stoplight, like one of those joints. Um, but I remember I heard uh, through the wire on the radio, and I was like, man, I really like that. Because I, I was kind of an anomaly because I was like, I mean, my high school had like drive your tractor to school day and stuff like that, <laughs> which I never participated in. But like on the bus ride, my MP3 player or CD player was always cash money or or something like that. And uh, I was just really into rap and Jay-Z. And I, I always used to read the booklets that came with the CDs, right? Well, you'd see... I would see his name listed in the credits a couple times as a producer, so that's kind of just how I knew him, you know, as like an engineer. And then he gets on the radio with his own music. I hear Through the Wire, and I'm like, I really like that song. Well, then you fast forward a couple months, and uh, Slow Jams comes out, right? And that was what solidified it for me. I was (laughs) like, I love this dude. I'm like a huge fan. I was like, Yo, mom, let me get some money. I'm trying to go to the Circuit City and buy this <laughs> album. And she was like, "What's it called?" I was like, "College Dropout." And she was like, "You really like?" She was not about it at all because of the <laughs> title. But, um, you know, she let me do it. So, ever since that point, I was just like sold. You know, because it was like, um, being this white kid from the small town. Like, I'm not gonna pretend to, um. I'm not going to pretend to act like I can relate to a lot of what rappers were talking about, you know, because um, I wasn't from a city or like, you know, like I wasn't like drugs weren't like prevalent around me or anything like that. Like people smoked weed, but that's just because they're from the everybody smoked weed. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it was like you got this guy who's here with like he used to huge on pop culture references and i'm a pop culture nerd like i'm so and then like i have to be in the know about like everything like not much slips by me and in his raps he always included a lot of that stuff and also he was wearing polos like i wear polos you know like, <laughs> i wear pink polos so it's kind of like i can like relate to this dude from a visionary standpoint because i was always creative like i was always you know I was always against the grain or whatever, but yeah, man, I would have to say that slow jams was what solidified me as a Kanye fan for sure. And we've been, we've been on ever since been riding. So. <laughs> oh, do you, uh, do you remember what songs were standing out to you back when you picked up college dropout? Was it something where it was, it was still slow jams and through the wire or was, were there things like all well, falls down and last call where you're just like, Holy shit. Yeah, like, the whole thing, I was like, <laughs> man, that's amazing. Like, uh, from the very from the very beginning of the of the whole joint, I was just like, man, like, this is not like anything you had heard, you know what I'm saying? Because he was talking about, like, different stuff. Like, he wasn't talking about trapping or selling drugs. He was talking about a young kid in America trying to make it out, you know what I'm saying? So... Right, like working at the Gap. That's not imagery yeah, that you associate. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like where I'm from, like small town, like there wasn't really any opportunities if you're planning on sticking around, you know what I'm saying? For anybody to really do anything noteworthy. So you really had to dream big and try to roll out. And I mean, that's basically what he, uh, 
speaking on. Yeah. And that, as like a 15, 16-year-old kid, had the whole world ahead of him. You know, like that was, that was major. <laughs> Songs like, you know, We Don't Care and Spaceship and Get Them High. Like, I love, like, that was my rapidy rap right there, you know? Like, <laughs> and obviously, a new workout plan was hilarious. And around 15 or 16, it was like when I first started, like, super active with women. So it was kind of like extra funny to me. <laughs> You just have that song in your head as you're like talking. Oh, it was just kind of, I mean, you know, plus 15, 16, you can only be so mature, so it was always giggle worthy. Yeah, that's that's one of the weirder songs in Kanye's discography to go back and listen to, right? Absolutely, and the fact like it actually kind of like took off, you know what I'm saying? Like, New Workout <laughs> yeah. Plan was a single, and like it actually like worked for him, but if you think about it back then, like the kids today, like, have no clue like they were robbed of mtv you know what i'm saying like mtv back in back then like the trl days and the spring break days and like they oh, were yeah. legit you know what i'm saying yeah you're racing home from school getting off the bus and turning on trl to see like who's what? gonna be on and yep yeah you never knew it's always some shenanigans <laughs> <laughs> so how how uh you as a Kanye fan, you're on in the early days from the mm -hmm. very er earliest release. What was it like as he started to progress as an artist? Were you somebody that was wishing as he got into the graduation 808's My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy stage for more of the soulful, soulful Kanye? Or have you been on that, uh, on that ride into the, the new heights of artistry that he's gone to? So the thing with him is... Every album he's ever dropped has been, like, perfect for me for that point in my life. Um, so, like, you know, college dropout, late registration, and then, like, he drops graduation. And I was just, like, blown away. Like, spoiler alert, like, graduation, I, ha I fell in love with heart. Like, <laughs> th that's my jam. Um, basically, like, so I did end up dropping out of college, uh, and I was back home. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I'm still fairly young because I went to – I mean, I graduated high school when I was 17. So like, you're talking like two or three years later. I'm like not even 21 yet. Um, I'm like doing recycling at the local university because I needed a job, and – the radio was on. They're like, new Kanye West. You know, it was uh, <laughs> stronger. And I was like, well, this is different. I like this, you know. Um, and then it was kind of like the whole 50 Cent rollout, right? Yeah. With the whole debate, like the whole feud. And I was like, I love both of them because I was a big fan of Get Richard Die Trying. I couldn't relate to it, obviously, but I still love the music because I was like, man, this is good. But like nobody thought because. 50 was king, right? So nobody thought Kanye was going to dethrone this man. And then, like, he just killed it. And I was just like, this, like, his album versus Curtis was just, it was uh, leaps and bounds better. And I just, I've always been a creative dude, so whenever somebody wants to do something new, like, even with 808s isn't my favorite Kanye album, but I appreciate it, and I appreciated it at the time, even though people now, like or people then were like, nah, this ain't it, and I'm like, nah, but it really is though. Like, 
if you think about like how ahead of its time it is, like look at all the new. I don't even like a lot of the new young little kid rappers, like the littles and the youngs. But um, I mean, the 808s like influenced like oh, multiple generations. You know what I'm saying? So it's like revolutionary, and I think it's just a like a cosign on Kanye that I mean he is a major staple of the culture. Yeah, his cultural impact, especially like it seems like there have been two different phases of Kanye's cultural impact. Like that original innocent phase leading up to the Taylor Swift uh, debacle, where it was like Kanye on this ascendant ride into pop culture stardom, only to have that cut short. And now this second wave of Kanye energy that's kind of coming back and how he's influencing pop culture again is really fascinating to watch. Absolutely. And, um, like, the Taylor Swift moment, probably my favorite Kanye moment. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I if you think about it, like, I'll, I'll, I'll compare it to pro wrestling again. Like, everybody needs their heel turn. Yeah. And uh, that was basically uh, Shawn Michaels throwing Marty Jannetty through the glass. <laughs> You see, like, like yeah. I mean, people hated him for that, right? But at the same time, his stardom went sky high. Like, and my beautiful dark twisted fantasy came out a year later. Yeah, which and is some would crazy. say that's his best album, right? But he was in his bag from that point on because I mean, if you think about it, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, and then he came out with Watch the Throne with Jay Z, right? Yeah. And in my personal opinion, he got the better of Jay-Z on that album. I liked his verses a lot better. I might be in the minority. I might be on the majority on your show, but I might be <laughs> in the minority in the culture. But I do feel like, I mean, it was just uh, ridiculous. And then he had some of his best features during that time. He did the one with uh, American Boy with Estelle. And then the Marvin Gaye and Chardonnay with Big Sean. And I was like, he was just like everywhere at that point. Like, controversy creates cash. Like, I mean, there's all publicity is not necessarily bad publicity. Like, I mean, people were mad at him for the Taylor Swift thing. But I feel like in the hip-hop culture, he became a hero. In the Southern Bible Belt culture, he was already vilified for the Jesus Walk stuff. So it really didn't matter, right? Right. Um, but yeah, that was just, I mean, people can blame it on Hennessy or Amber Rose or whatever they want, but he knew what he was doing and he <laughs> played it perfectly because he's a genius. If he, he is so in touch with what's going to fly and not fly. I think he probably didn't expect that kind of severe backlash that he got, but it's the same thing with like. I think it's why him and Kim Kardashian work so well, because she isn't as famous as she is just because of a sex tape, right? Like, right. she's worked and maneuvered and knows what's going to, like, create conversation and keep her getting that public attention, whether it's, you know, the heel heat or, like, some babyface love. She, she, tweeners, she tweeners well. And <laughs> Kanye... Uh, yeah, that I love the heel turn conversation for the Taylor Swift thing because he was popular, but getting hated like he was hated in the wake of the Taylor Swift thing is what really got his name 
like much broader than what it was like in every oh, corner of the world. Absolutely. Mm. I agree with that 100%. <laughs> um, but see, Kim learned from the best too, because if you remember, she started out, she was like Paris Hilton's assistant. Yes. And then Paris went through the whole one night in Paris shit. Oops. Sorry. I didn't know if I could curse. I'm not bad. Um, oh, yeah. Curse. Please. <laughs> I, because I listened to a few other storiers and I didn't hear anybody curse, so I didn't know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, she went through that whole thing, right? And, she, and then, like, her thing happened. And I feel like, yeah, it might not have been, like, a great thing to experience, like, your full private life being out there. But the way she capitalized off of that was incredible. And if you really think about it, like... I mean, Ray J's doing fine now because he has all that production company stuff going on out in L.A. and he's selling those scooty bikes that Vince Staple always talks about. <laughs> but, uh, like, I don't feel like he capitalized off that nearly as well as she did. Like, uh, And I feel like, honestly, like, her mom has a lot to do with that because I feel like I'm on really rock with Chris, but at the same time, like, I feel like she definitely knows what she's doing. She's smart. She's been maneuvering the Hollywood game for years, yep. like predating like the OJ. You know what I'm saying? Like years. And then not only that, but you add like Ryan Seacrest into the mix, who like EPs the uh, the show, keeping up with the Kardashians. Like, I mean, they just she became like this monster tastemaker. Like, say what you want about Kim, but like, like she has pull same with kylie like kylie has pool like snapchat like she, she dropped their stock like how much by just saying it was like a billion yeah. something by just saying like i don't like the way it looks now like i mean love it or hate it you gotta respect it <laughs> that's and that has to be an interesting because so many people that listen to kanye that love kanye and that love kim are more from the fan perspective, right? And from the entertainment perspective. But you have that angle from the management perspective, the business perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, So it must just be crazy watching, like, what they've done and how they've reached the point that they've reached today. Well, the whole thing came out right when he went on that rant on Twitter. And everybody's like, Kanye is broke. I'm like, no, Kanye is not broke. Kanye tied $53 million of his own money into his fashion stuff. Like, he he came up under Dame Dash. He does Dame Dash things. Like, Dame Dash isn't broke. He just has a lot of his money tied up in investments. Whereas nobody would help him start this fashion thing, so he just did it on his own. But then the thing they don't realize is when Kim got that first $88 million check from her game on the app store in the app store she took that 53 million and she replaced it because that's what she's a loyal wife and she rides for her spouse and i was like you can say what you want about kim kardashian but loyalty is lost in today's age and she had her husband's back and i think they work they're they don't really get seen as much together but i feel like there's they have a perfect marriage because he gets to do his own thing she's doing her own thing and where her relationships have kind of like folded in the past is because he was already a big enough name to not get like 
completely brought into the Kardashian sauce as far as like he's not Kanye Kardashian. He she's Kim Kardashian West. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's just I feel like it works out for him well, and you know obviously there's all sorts of rumors that are always going around speculating about how good their relationship really is. But I mean they got three kids, a nice house, and they seem to be doing just fine. So <laughs> as far that's what my eyes show me, and that's what I'm gonna believe because can't be believing everything you hear out here <laughs> that's very true i i still love the one story that kim told that she she knew kanye was like her soulmate when the first time she stayed over at his place where she would have given the date because it would have been compromising <laughs> Which, right um but the first time she stayed over at his place she was kind of worried because she likes to sleep with socks on and like 80 degrees in the room and kanye's like hey i hope you don't mind i sleep with that hot and like like a lot of layers and she's just like <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> this is my man that's funny i didn't actually i never heard that before but yeah. that's why you're here you know <laughs> yeah picking up random it's amazing like when we started the podcast in 2015 like the amount of like random kanye kim trivia that i picked up in like three years of doing this yeah that's i mean that's amazing uh oh so what uh Jesus comes out and perfect perfect album for the time you were in your life yeah it was a weird so yeah so i cover graduation and then you get my beautiful dark twisted fantasy but from that point so like 2000 i had like a a run of terrible luck um 2009 I had an ex-girlfriend from college pass away. Mm. And then 2010, I lost one of my childhood best friends in Afghanistan. And then it was just like a tailspin of severely bad things happened. So like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy comes out and it was kind of like a way for me to like escape into, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't in the music thing yet. So like, at that, I was like lost in this depression and I had no like sense of where I wanted to go. You know, like there was no direction for me. Uh, and then this beautiful album comes out <laughs> and I'm listening to it. And then I was just like, man, you've always loved music. Like you should do that. Like you should hop in that. So then like 2011 comes like top of 2011. I get an opportunity via Twitter to do like the street team promotional thing for Wale for his ambition album. And so I hopped on that and worked my butt off and fast forward to 2013. Jesus comes out. And at this point I'm fairly hip to the other side of the game now from like a business perspective. And like, he basically just did what he wanted to do. He put out this album <laughs> Uh, he did it how he wanted to do it. It wasn't anything like he'd ever done before. Uh, and I feel like people dislike it. They either love it or they hate it, right? And I feel like that's the way it is with Kanye. Like, it's, he's very polarizing. So, like, you either love it or you don't love it at all. And he, I just, yeah, like, I went back and listened to it the other day. And I think I like it more and more the more I listen to it. But, I mean, you had the rollout was incredible with the random screenings on like random buildings and random cities across the world. 
But like new slaves, he was really talking about something. Um, yeah. And that's like what he's always done. You know, he's always had a message. And then Black Skinhead was incredible. Uh, Blood on the Leaves is one of my favorite Kanye songs ever. And that was incredible. And it's really funny now if you think about it, the theories that he was talking about Jay-Z's infidelities on there before that ever came out in Lemonade. But, which I don't know if I believe is just kind of something funny to entertain in my head. But, <laughs> I so yeah, I like Jesus. Uh, I feel like his usage of the old Metallica logo with his name and like just the, the bare minimum packaging. Like it looked like a mix CD you would have made for your girl in like middle school. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So I was cool with it. And I feel like people appreciate 808s now. And I feel like eventually they'll appreciate Jesus the way they appreciate 808s heartbreak. I, I think that's uh I think that's very accurate. And just even with the amount that we're on Twitter these days and just being able to follow kind of the, the zeitgeist surrounding Kanye, um, it really does seem that there's a momentum behind Jesus at this point in a way that wasn't there in 2013, 2014, 2015. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Even the Kanye subreddit, like if you used to bring up Jesus, people would be like, you know, Kanye's worst album, like, it's so crazy and, like, pointless, blah, blah, blah. And now there's finally more talk about what an amazing album. He's doing so many, like, artistic things on it. When people call it uh, Kanye's worst album, I'm always like, you're talking to a man about a man with several classic albums. So if you're calling this his worst album... How much of an insult is that, really? Because, <laughs> like, it's not might not be a classic album, but it's still a good album. And he's way ahead of the curve than most artists when they have a bad album. It's just bad, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, like, if his worst album is still a good album, then hey, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, he's doing all right. He's doing absolutely all right because the tour that followed was amazing. Yeah, have you uh, have you gotten to see Kanye live? Yes, um, I'm really mad. I missed the uh, Glow in the Dark tour or whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But the uh, the latest one that he went on, I was there with the floating stage. Yeah, which I thought was awesome because everybody came in and they're like, "There's no seats," and I was like, "Yeah, it's right because Kanye's forcing y'all to be a community," <laughs> and it was just. The, the whole thing was amazing because you had this, the aesthetics of it were great, right? Because mm-hmm. you got like this glowing, floating stage, which is Kanye. But in the crowd, hanging out with everybody, you might have like Kevin Durant or like, you know, like it's celebrities and regular people mingling together. And then, like, I know in the DC show, Pusha T was making his way through crowds with bottles of liquor and drinking you know like it was it was a a party for everyone it didn't matter where you were so i thought that was i mean he was very inclusive and i thought that was amazing it just really talk about kanye like 
changing the game when it comes to music, when it comes to album rollouts, when it comes to like just the quality of his music videos, that concert seems like it's probably something that's going to be influential in concert design moving forward. Absolutely. I've never seen a moving floating stage before. <laughs> the, the craziest showmanship I had ever seen was I've seen Motley Crue like 13 times live and uh, the Tommy Lee uh, drum solo was always kind of crazy and he had like the he like strapped the fan to his back and had like this roller coaster thing that like shot him up around everywhere while he played the drums. Jesus. That that was amazing, but this was just like next level like whole thing was was just nuts. <laughs> what was uh what was the song of the night for you? That night? Yeah. Oh man. I don't It's hard to pick cuz it was it was a blur of uh <laughs> I remember I mean yeah, that was nuts. Uh, I would have probably have to say uh, it would have. Mm. Ultralight beam, father stretched my hands. Yeah, that just the it was just so. Those like all the songs, the way he did those, like part one, part two, it was just incredible because of the way it was presented. It was just like I don't like use the. Epic was played out several years ago, but it was it was epic, man. Yeah. It was it was just like seeing it like in front of your face and the way it was just presented was just man, it was great. And I don't know if you ever saw it, but you should check it out. Somebody took like that intro to uh Father Stretch My Hands and Applied it to Shane McMahon jumping off the top of the hell in the cell against the Undertaker. <laughs> I haven't seen if, that. If you find it on Twitter, you should look it up because it's pretty intense. But uh, yeah, uh, he actually ranted at my show. Ooh, what was the topic? But, uh, just what he had been going off on. Um, to be honest, once he started, I kind of like I was like, All right, I really got to use the bathroom, so like I went, <laughs> but like. Uh, it wasn't very long, but I mean, you know, Kanye likes to talk, so we let Kanye talk. That's right. Kanye, Kanye has done enough to earn the right to say whatever he wants. So, actually, uh, that makes me. There's a, a friend of mine was in Atlantic City, and Kanye was going to perform, I guess. And uh, it was, like, him and his brother and their other friend, and they wanted to go, like, him and his brother wanted to go see Kanye. And their other friend is, like, a, a cultural dope. He, he doesn't read books. He doesn't watch movies. He has never been to a concert at that point and just loved sports. It was just sports, sports, sports. And I love sports, too, so there's nothing against that. But it was just they're begging him to go see Kanye West in concert. And uh, the guy finally agrees, and they go. And it was, like, the day that Kanye found out he was going to have a kid. And I, I guess it was, like, an hour performance, but Kanye talked for 45 minutes. Oh, wow. And uh, so he did, like, one song, talked, and did one more song and left. And Damn. Yeah, I got a full... Uh... I had a full docket of songs, so I feel lucky. Yeah, right. You did. <laughs> you did get the the concert cut in half, but it's just a uh, a man. And that that would be an amazing experience, but also an experience like I kind of wanted music too. Absolutely. 
Yeah, so it sounds like you got the best of both worlds. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely got the best of both worlds. <laughs> um, it was, uh, I don't know if you like hockey, but I like hockey. And I like watching hockey, but it's like hockey's like a next level experience when you're actually there. Mm. And that's what I compared my Kanye experience to. Just that energy that you get at the game is unlike watching yeah. on TV. Because I've been to a lot of concerts from on all the, like, I've been to like, the most local shows with like 25 people and I've been to backstage for Wale shows for like a, several hundred and it, this was I mean it's nothing like I've ever seen before it was amazing and I love going to concerts so I have plenty under my belt to compare it to <laughs> um what a Speaking of comparisons, uh, Kanye and wrestling, is there, a, is there a wrestler you think is kind of in line with Kanye? Hmm. Now or just overall, like, throughout history? Either or. I would say if I had to compare... I would say CM Punk reminds me of Kanye. It's kind of funny because they're both from Chicago, but uh, <laughs> super talented. No, they're super talented. Um, tend to go against the grain of what is uh, the the status quo, like the norm, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but very outspoken. Kind of do it your own way. And that's kind of how I like latched on to Kanye because I was always raised to you can be whatever you want to be. And it was like a genuine thing. It wasn't just like a you can be whatever you want to be, kid. It was like I was generally <laughs> raised like I was seriously raised to like, yo, if you want to be that, you can be that. You just got to put in the work to be that. And Kanye is like. I mean, he is who he wanted to be, you know, he he does what he wants. And it's just incredible, like, and then especially, like, being on the other side of the fence now, like, and seeing, like, how the industry maneuvers and the fact that he was able to finesse his way through the whole thing and still do exactly what he's always wanted is incredible. Because there was never, like, a period of, like, yeah, we need you to make this song for the radio even though it goes against everything like that your initial fan base is about or like what you've created on your own. You know what I'm saying? Like Kanye was always Kanye regardless of what it is. So that's why I don't really buy into like when people say the old Kanye, I'm like, well, what do you mean by the old Kanye? You mean like older Kanye albums? Because (laughs) the man has evolved on every one of them. So there's not really like, I mean, you can compare it to College Dropout of Late Registration or whatever, but those were, like, conceptual albums. So uh, he's always just, like, giving you, like, stories, and it's always changed, and the rollouts are always different, and there's always, like, a different Kanye for everyone. So I don't know what you talk about when you say the old Kanye. It's it's not like, while there was similarities kind of in the soul sound between Late Registration, College Dropout, and Graduation, like... There are three like very very different albums. When you get down into it, yeah. He still does the soul samples. 
Like uh, the last album, uh, Life of Pablo, I loved it because I was finally in a place where like things were good. Like um, I was making more money than I ever made. I was, you know, I'm doing this, this, and this. And this album comes out. It was kind of like a celebration of all the crap I'd been through, you know. <laughs> so like I was celebrating, and you, bro, like you took Madison Square Garden, sold that bitch out. Had a fashion show, and and also an album preview party, <laughs> where you just played songs for your friends, and every it was legendary. It broke social media. You know what I'm saying? Like that's incredible. And I know, like, the life of Pablo wasn't like it was more of a collaborative effort, in my opinion, because he had a bunch of he was put a bunch of people on. You know what I'm saying? Like. There are a ton, like, that single-handedly did wonders for Chance the Rapper. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was just, like, a whole bunch of, like, Kanye's, like, I'm just going to mess around, do this whole thing, and then I'm going to put it on title. I'm going to save title, because he did save title at the time. And he was like, and then I'm just going to keep changing the album. It's going to be the fir- world's first changing album. And I was like... This dude's a genius. Even if he did it, it was like you couldn't even do that by accident. You know, like, you don't just stumble upon that. You're not like, man, I don't really like this, so I'm going to keep changing it. Like, you know, oh, man. I was just like, that dude works so hard. It's incredible. Yeah. How many times did he mix stronger? 82 times. And then he was like, all right, I'll put it out. (laughs) (laughs) Who does that? Uh, <laughs> who does do that? Kanye. 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 The only one. <laughs> and it's uh I just one of my favorite things about the life of Pablo rollout, not only Madison Square Garden, but the fucking notepad, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. That notepad. I heard the interview uh, about that because it disappeared. Or whatever. Like they couldn't find it, but they're glad they had like the the picture is that what uh what i heard in the one story i was listening to or maybe i got albums confused but yeah the notepad was amazing yeah i think it was something that it vanished at one point and they thought they lost it and then yeah but they're glad they had a picture of it or something yeah and it's just like what a i yeah, would steal was, that the i mean it was almost like a like a, a yearbook type thing you know what i'm saying <laughs> like people like signed his yearbook or like checked like signed into his like yeah. wedding or, or something you know like it was like a guest book yeah and just i the, thought that was really cool it, talk about like breaking social media like there was just so much hype around each like oh the one signature there are more signatures who else who else who's gonna be on the album <laughs> why is he in wyoming oh yeah and everything with wyoming now it's like the notepad it's funny the notepad 2.0 because instead of getting the autographs you're seeing like the social media signatures of people being like wyoming you're like oh fuck they're there too yeah i couldn't like imagine like i mean just living in wyoming and then all of a sudden like kanye shows up like what are you doing in wyoming man (laughs) but it makes sense because he gets the most peace out there he can just work yeah one of my favorite things is how they're labeling it like six months ago when he went out there for the first time or like last year they're like kanye went to a mountaintop in wyoming to write his next album (laughs) (laughs) 
it's just uh, it's just yeah, funny, man. Becoming mythic. He really brought this soul samples back on the life of Pablo. There were a ton of them, but uh, my fantasy football team name is actually the fantasy life of Pablo. <laughs> and I won the championship last year and I made the playoffs this year, but I didn't win it all again, but still, um, nah, it's just, it's just interesting, man. He's just, when you think about cognac, there's so much to that man. It's incredible. You've been able to do a podcast for three years, breaking down individual songs, and you have so much content out of each song, you get at least an hour of your episode. That's intense. That's insane. Yeah, which maybe an hour, like part of that hour is inefficiency, but there's also just <laughs> a lot to talk about. Like, Yeah, everybody has different perspectives, because that's the best part about music. Everybody gets something different out of it Yeah, every time you listen to it. So there's a there's things we just did that live South by show and we were talking about I am a God and uh, talking about some of the irony there and a guy in the crowd, um, this guy, Michael Ford, raised his hand and started talking about the Bible in relation to the song I am a God. And there's elements of the Bible that like Travis and I not being that uh, religious don't really have that good of foundation with that, you know, somebody with that background can have an entirely other appreciation for Kanye and discussion about Kanye's music. And it's just, it's crazy. I was reading an article recently about how Kanye has, I mean, now he's sampling people's voices. Like, you know, it's like songs are like, um, it's not like the instrumental part as much like he's actually taking like real like human voices and using them for samples and like how that is like groundbreaking because it's never really like been done like you know what i'm saying so it's like i wish i knew where that article was i can find it but it was a really good read about how he's out here sampling like just like he's using real human voices for making beats and stuff like it's crazy that sounds that that has me excited. <laughs> yeah, it's not like it's just insane. Like, like you're using like real people's voice patterns and put them in your instrumentals. It's... Is that kind of in line with what he did on like All Falls Down and the Glory with just having the the one like kind of refrain repeating in the background? Yeah, I would I would think so. As far as when it comes to like instrumentals and making beats i'm not like too not necessarily too knowledgeable on like the technical stuff um i just know if i hear it and i like it (laughs) but i know what's good and what's not good but as far as like what goes into like the nooks and crannies of making what i like to hear you know i don't know yeah same like i i have no vocabulary for music but i can I feel like I have an ear for it. Oh, absolutely. I, f- I get that 100%. <laughs> um, you know, going back to the CM Punk comparison, I I like that because you can imagine, Kanye, if you were a wrestler doing a pipe bomb, <laughs> you could imagine. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> I mean, that's what he did when he got on. Uh, he was going off about how Jay-Z won't call him back and 
all the other stuff. And Pipe honestly, uh, Big Brother was, uh, I mean, that was a whole lot of truth. Yeah, what an amazing, like, you go through all of graduation, which is this build-up to the glory, right? It's this build-up yeah. to superstardom, only to have the next song be like, oh, you're too famous to come back home, and then Big Brother to be like, yeah, and you're actually ruining your relationships. Like, yeah. What a downer. And then on, uh, was it Real Friends? He's talking about his cousin. Yeah. Yeah, which really happened. You say, what do you say? My cousin stole my laptop that I was fucking bitches on. Had to pay him two hundred fifty grand just to get it from him. Yeah, real friends. <laughs> yeah, man. That's, and he uh, even sampled several of his of his older songs on that on that album. Like, yeah. he, he, I know he sampled a couple college dropout songs on the on the life of Pablo. Right, like Real Friends is kind of a callback to family business. Yeah. Uh, St. Pablo has the, wasn't supposed to make it past 25. Yep. We don't care. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, so uh, at this point, what's your, what's your favorite album? Oh, man. Can't believe you're going to make me choose. That's right. Uh, it's a... It's really a toss-up between graduation and my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, but I would probably say if I had like you had twisted my arm about it, I would say yeah, got you in a hammerlock. Graduation, <laughs> okay. Graduation is my favorite. I still listen to it all the time. It's uh, when we started the podcast. It was the one that I had at the bottom of my list, really? and I I'm so glad that I've come around on it. It's such a great it. album. Yeah. It really is. What's uh what's your favorite favorite part on it? Favorite part of graduation? Yeah. Um, is, it a, is it a line? Is it one of the songs? Is it just one of the beats? It's just like things that he like it was very it's a very quotable album. Um it's just hmm. I don't know if I necessarily have a. Well, hold on. I don't want to mess it up. It's been a minute since I listened to it, but. Uh, Favorite part? It would probably be. I don't know. I wonder is full of quotes. It's one of my favorite Kanye songs, by the way. Uh, and then Can't Tell Me Nothing. It's just full of them. Yeah. Can't tell me nothing is such a is such a like a playbook for life, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, one of the guys that's on the show every now and then, Jordan, he actually texted just a couple hours ago and was like, "I wonder is so amazing. Something about it gets me really emotional." And just started quoting lyrics and gushing about the song. Like it really, I do feel like I wonder is like very underappreciated. Yeah, uh, first time I heard it, it, it made me a little emotional. I don't know exactly why. It was just incredible. Hmm. 
It's something. Uh, I would say one of my favorite lines. I guess it would have been, uh, "How many ladies in the house? How many ladies in the house without a spouse? <laughs> something in your blast got me feeling so aroused. <laughs> what you about on your independent shit? Trade it all for a husband and some kids? Yeah, it's just I. I feel like there was I don't know. There was a lot of honesty in that song as well. I would say I feel like he was definitely he was talking about somebody. Yeah. Who that is, we don't know. Maybe maybe we do know, maybe we don't, but I don't know. I feel like it was directed towards somebody for the most part. It definitely feels like there's some sort of like subtext that we're not quite privy to, but that makes the song more emotional. Good morning was another. It was really good. I mean, just, and then good life with that was classic T Pain right there. <laughs> it was classic T Pain. And then uh, drunken hot girls. I grew up in a college town with a ton of women, and I can definitely relate to that. Taking all my money, so. <laughs> buying drink after drink after drink. Well, I technically wasn't old enough at the time, but oh, eventually yeah. the song grew on me, and I was like, "Damn, I know exactly what you're talking about." <laughs> I can appreciate this now. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I would grad. I mean, Barry Bonds, Wayne. Like it was just the whole album is just. I mean, it's amazing. It is. It is. So yeah, how uh, you come out the gate with your first four albums being classics? I like his discography is just insane to me. Like, who else has that? That's true. Yeah, nobody. Not really. Nobody. And then to get to like the the artsy weird heights that he gets to in the future albums, it's just damn Kanye. Damn. Yeah, the all of the lights prelude or whatever with Elton John playing the piano and then it goes into the song is perfect. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not often that like the interludes one of my favorite tracks on an album. But Yeah, dude, you just get lost into it and then the song kicks in. It's amazing. A lot of people love So Appalled. I'm not a huge So Appalled fan. I like it, but it's not my favorite. Um Similar boat. Monster was cool. I like Monster a lot, but um, a lot of people say that Nikki bodied everyone, but I would not say that Nikki bodied everyone. I would only say that Nikki held her own, which was rare for a woman to do on a track with all those people, so that's why people say that she bodied it. Are you a, are you a fan of Jay-Z's verse on that? Because that gets a lot of flack. Jay-Z's verse on Monster gets a lot of flack? Yeah. I did like it. Same. I do like it because it means well, he wasn't lying. <laughs> no love. He doesn't get enough of it. Yeah. Think about it. Everyone loves Beyonce. Everyone, you know. Yeah, they're like, okay, Jay. Well, you can be yeah. here too. Exactly. And then his daughter bids nineteen grand on a painting. Five, six <laughs> years old. Six years old. Nineteen grand. I want to bid nineteen grand on a painting. I'm <laughs> 30 i can't even do that <laughs> uh also uh top five tracks just in kanye's discography Woo, man i'm not gonna rank them but i'll give you five okay that's fair because uh, and if you ask me next week it might change um so i wonder 
Slow Jams, Diamonds of Sierra Leone, Runaway. I'm at four, right? Am I yeah. at four? Yeah, you're at yeah. four. And a fifth one, Blood on the Leaves. That's a pretty solid. It's a pretty solid lineup. Yeah, it was. I almost wanted to put We Major in there, but I do love that one too. But I mean, it, was, it just depends on my mood, what day of the week it is. Like, you know, there's so many. Like, Through the Wire is really good. Off all like he has so many songs you can't. You don't. Uh, there's not really a wrong top five. <laughs> no. The what would be the weirdest top five you could imagine? Where you're just like, maybe that is wrong. A Kanye top five that would be wrong? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Like, I'm thinking Christmas in Harlem. <laughs> <laughs> so Paul. Mm, I don't know. I think any one of those two combinations is probably wrong. Lift off. From yeah. Watch, watch Throne. <laughs> Uh, we could get there. I don't. I don't feel good about making it, but yeah, you know, yeah, I don't know. Um, what? Uh, well, I guess. I guess that brings us to the uh, to the last call. You <clears throat> you just get uh, however much time you want to talk about whatever you want, and that'll be uh, that'll be the last bit. All right. Hmm. There's only really one appropriate way to say this. Kanye West is a goddamn genius from a marketing standpoint and a creative standpoint. Every rollout has been crazy. Every rollout has been efficient. Every rollout is legendary. From the pink polo and the big bear to the shutter shades which were like crack in these streets, hard to get a hold of, <laughs> to the uh, red suit and the runaway, the two, the two keys, two keys are forever legendary because of runaway, um, to, it was just ridiculous to the dad hat, the easiest dad hats and the tattered sweatshirts to the having a fashion show with your whole line being unveiled while you play all your music for your friends. Um, it's just incredible what he has been able to do and how he has maneuvered in doing so. And for that, I will forever respect that man. Forever. Kanye West, I'm not going to say I idolize you, but I hope to one day work with you. Because you are a creative god. And that's all I got. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.